ignition sequence start. Three, two, one. Lock and load. It's time for the gun rack with your hosts, Joey and Drew. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the gun rack in Orange Institute School of Arms Technology's official podcast. I'm Josiah Upper. Folks call me Joey, and with me, we have one Drew Poplin. Drew Poplin. I am certain that I am coming in sounding a little weird here today, and I apologize for that. I was talking to Drew ahead of time. I am not in the office right now. I, uh, I was walking outside to get my mail today. My mail is by the road. And uh, as I was walking down this, the, my driveway, which is fairly long, to get my mail, the tree across the street fell over and did not squish me because it squished power lines first which disrupted the power supply for the streets. Um, and uh, so I actually ended up calling, uh, I wasn't sure whether to call 911 or call the power company. So I called both. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't normally call 911 for something that's kind of trivial, but the thing was continuing to fall and it was overhanging the road. So I was like, crap, <laughs> like <laughs> this thing could kill someone. So uh, anyway, I hit up 911 first, and they ended up calling Duke for me. So, we, you know, it ended up working all right. Um, and they said that was the right thing to do, which made me feel better because I was so nervous. I was bothering them for no reason. But anyway, I'm on the road is all that is uh, all that to say. And I'm actually taking a play out of Drew Poplin's playbook because I am calling in from the outdoor of a Sheets gas station, which is oh. Drew's home away from home. It truly is. Yeah. I have purchased some below average price gas, as I frequently do. I am eating a Milky Way for the first time in I don't know how long and drinking water and trying not to roast. Great. Um, we have fun. We uh, we had some other stuff go on this weekend that we're going to share with you guys because it's loosely outdoors related. Um okay. But we also want to introduce the topic of the day so you don't think we're just shooting the breeze for the, for the next 10 minutes or whatever. Uh, today, today uh, we're going to be talking about inside the waistband holsters versus outside the waistband holsters. Uh, when they make sense, what's the right call if you're going to conceal carry or if you're going to open carry. So that's what we're going to talk about today. It actually should be a lot of fun. Um, before we do that, though, Let's get into some Drew's clues. Um, and we actually had a comment from last week uh, from one of our listeners that shared some thoughts on the 365 uh, X macro, I believe it was called, that we wanted to share as well. So let's do that. Yeah. So we'll start off with uh, the listener who wrote in about our SIG episode. Um, and that listener was Jason. And Jason wrote in saying, quote, as someone who has already put his hands on and been able to compare it between the P365X and normal P365, I can say that it is still on the compact side of size. I would classify it as between the carry and compact size, a compact carry, if you will. Uh, so, Jason, thanks for uh, the information. Again, you know, me and Joey haven't been able to uh, handle the new 
uh, SIG firearm. Yeah, that's so yeah, helpful. So, yeah, so it's good to have you guys on the ground that already have. Uh, so let's go on to Drew's yeah. clues. And um, shout out to Jeff for guessing the correct answer. This week's or last week's answer, the QBZ95. This week. Oh, uh, yes. Yes, this week. This loud handgun had approximately 1,700,000 produced and was the go-to handgun of the Red Army soldier. It fires 7.62 by 25 millimeter, but could also fire 7.63 by 25. Interesting. I know what it is. I didn't know that very last fact there. Um, I can tell you from experience that they kick like hell. Um, 7.62 by 25 is a pretty hot round. Um, and I'll even add another clue to it. There are some knockoff versions right now that you can purchase inexpensively that are chambered in 9mm that actually are um, some people have used uh, as a concealed carry option. Really? Um, you hop onto websites, yeah, that stream like gun deals or what have you. A lot of, like, Zestava, I believe, is the brand that uses it. The uh, They used to be, like, 200 bucks a pop, which is pretty sweet. I don't know if they're still that inexpensive, but there's another tip for you guys. Um, if you think you know the answer, send an email to marketing at sci.edu. We will send you some stuff. Or feel free to comment on our YouTube channel and our, uh, our audiograms that we put up. That's the podcast and video form. Uh, check us out there, uh, YouTube, uh, Sonoran Desert Institute. Uh, feel free to check either. We monitor both, and uh, we'd love to hear from you guys. Um, now that we are, now that we have the opportunity to do so, let's talk a little bit more about Sonoran Desert Institute. Drew, since I'm a little fuzzy, can you give them the lowdown on our school? Absolutely. Sonoran Desert Institute, or as we call it here, SDI. SDI is an online accredited school uh, with a focus on firearms technology and unmanned technology. So basically that means we like to work with guns and we like to work with drones and you know, we just love that kind of stuff. Um, and we also love being able to help you, uh, help our students every day. There are multiple programs you can check out. There is a certificate program uh, in the School of Unmanned Technology. And, of course, uh, being this is a firearms podcast, uh, we have an associates and a certificate program in our School of Firearms Technology. If you are interested in learning more about SDI or getting more into maybe the gunsmithing industry, you should check out our course catalog. Check out our website. It's www.sdi.edu. And remember, that's www.sdi.edu. That is SDI, everyone. And if you aren't a part of the SDI family already, we'd love to have you become one. Uh, once you're here with us, no matter what you do after you graduate, you're, you are a part of the SDI family, and we'd love to have you guys be a part of that ex rapidly expanding group of people. We're very fortunate. All right, guys, before we get into the inside the waistband versus outside the waistband holsters, I do have a story for you guys. We won't go too far into it. Otherwise, we're just detailing what happened over the course of my birthday weekend, which seems odd to me. But in the spirit of our previous fishing episode, uh, we're going to have 
another very brief tales from the fishing range for you guys. Yes. Um, so my intent for the weekend was to go fishing with some friends. None of my friends fish, but they were willing to come hang out at the bank of a pond and shoot the breeze and sit. And uh, I'd fish, and it was going to be a good time. And uh, so we went out there. The sky was clear. It was gorgeous. And I would uh, like to state for the record, it was not supposed to rain on Sunday at all at any point in time. Um, but the uh, we all get out there to the lake. I probably get three casts in. And uh, my parents arrive, and they showed up. They don't show up for anything outdoorsy at all. So I was in shock. Um, but they wanted to come and sit and shoot the breeze and do all those other things. Um, so there was probably eight of us there by the time we had things going. But the sky gets dark immediately. No warning. Um, and then we look across the lake and we see um, hard rain rippling in the water, sprinting towards us. Um, I have never seen anything in it. Like it came in in a wave and you could see it, the clap. Like it didn't, you didn't see the rain come in from on top. You saw it coming in from the side as the cloud was pouring and marching towards you. Um, so I went and we hung out under a couple of trees because there was no real shelter there. So we hung out under some trees. There was no thunder or lightning. So we're like, all right, we'll wait this thing out. It's a summer thunderstorm in southeastern United States. Uh, this thing will be over in 15 minutes, so we'll be fine. Uh, half an hour later, it's raining harder than I have ever been outside in in my life. Um, my mom has already left by herself to walk through the rain, um, which we're mildly worried about because that's how hard it was raining. Mm-hmm. Um, they're all sitting there under the tree, and we get to the point where the shelter is irrelevant because we could not be wetter than we were. Um, so after, I don't know, 15 minutes of this, I just went, all right, guys, we're going to stay here for five more minutes. And if we're if this thing has not changed in five minutes, we're calling this little shindig off. And uh, one minute later, I, I went, uh, forget this, because I didn't say forget, um, and started packing us out. I actually left our fishing equipment and came back for it later. Um, and we left. We trudged out. My dad and several friends and I trudged out. Uh, on a trail, a paved trail, um, in a flash flood. Um, the water was running so high that it completely covered my feet trying to walk out. Um, I've never encountered a flash flood outside of a car or in the comfort of my home because generally I plan that stuff out, but that was kind of freaky. And um, having to trudge home from your own birthday party with uh, having let your friends down and a disappointed parent along with you is a Freudian dream that he didn't even know existed. (laughs) Um, There's no other way to describe it. So anyway, that's a tales from the range where the, uh, we, we got buried in a flash flood. And then of course, the second I came back to get my fishing gear, it was blue again. That's how that, that stuff works. But anyway, that's how that went. (laughs) Well, overall, um, yeah. I'm just glad the last few days you're safe because you've had flash floods while you're out at the lake and you've had a power line 
close to crushing you. Yeah. I don't know who it you wasn't upset. Ideal. I this, don't know. This is pretty common for me, actually. Um, I'm, I was always the guy that stuff happens to. Um, back when I delivered pizza, this probably should be a story of its own. Um, but I had one time I had someone uh, sick their dogs on me because they didn't like that I was delivering pizza to their neighbor. Um, and I mean sick, they're like attack dogs after me. That um, And then I had someone try to kill me on the road in a high-speed chase in the middle of the night. Stuff happens to me. <laughs> we're we're going to need to come back to this. I feel like I'm learning so much about your life right now. Yeah, the... Um, that's not even a, a that's that's a, of a, a a matter of police record. The uh, <laughs> someone tried to end my days while I was delivering pizza at, uh, at a Domino's franchise. That is Jeez. that's real. Yeah, and I was eighteen, and dude, that was just tricky. But dude, Pete, Pete they should have just got DiGiorno. They should have just gotten DiGiorno. Honestly, I can say this now that I don't work there. DiGiorno's better than Domino's. Uh, because everything is, outside of maybe Pizza Hut. Little Caesars. Little Caesars is not better than anything. Uh, it's better than a lot of things. It's Their deep dish, their Detroit-style pizza is all right. But their hot and ready pizza is like a monument to giving up. I've well, <laughs> I survived like a year and a half pretty much solely on Little Caesars hot and ready pizzas. But as Joey can, I remember attest, that, and that's informing this part say, of say, opinion as jo- partially. As Joey can attest, I was not in a good place in life. <laughs> I feel like everyone had a sad pizza phase when I was failing out of college. I failed out of college once. I came back and finished the thing, but. Uh, it was nothing but Papa John's all day, every day. Mm. Papa John's is pretty um, good. Maybe not now, but like a couple of years ago, I feel like they were really solid. I still like Papa John's all right. But Costco pizza, I think, of all the... I know Costco pizza sounds... I'm not talking about the stuff you can buy in their store that you take home and bake. If you go to the little food thing they have, their pizza is better than any other delivery pizza outside of maybe jets that i'm aware of so good yeah can i definitely better than any national chain can i shoot straight with you yes never been inside a costco you've never been inside a costco no and you call yourself an american been to sam's club that's It's literally the Walmart brand of Costco. It's not even an insult. It's just literally what it is. For sure. But like, I mean, I've I've never been bougie enough to have a membership to like to go to a store where I had to be a member. Well, the for Costco, if you get their membership, you pay for their discounted gas. Like if you get their discounted gas every time you go to Costco, the membership has paid for itself. The, the savings are that deep. Well, the closest Costco uh, was like an hour away. That's true. It's because you live nowhere. Yes. Um, 
I won't blame that on Costco. I think the important thing to remember, though, is how closely this ties into inside and outside the waistband. I think that's vital Um, to keep in mind. To to this conversation. We should probably get to that now. Yes. Um, Before before we lose the three listeners that are still hanging (laughs) on at this point. Um, No, you were talking about life-threatening scenarios. There you go. And now we're talking about holsters? Yep. Here we are. Um, Okay, so inside and outside the waistband holsters. Um, I'm going to assume that you guys probably know what those are, but we'll define it real quick. Um, Holsters are, of course, something that you are going to use almost always for handguns, right? Inside the waistband holster means that you are carrying this firearm. The holster latches to your uh, clothing somehow and then goes to the the bulk of the firearm is inside of your waistband. Outside the waistband holster, the bulk of the firearm is outside of the waistband. S- simple enough. Okay. Um, so there are multiple options you can get into for both inside and outside the waistband holsters. All sorts of different holster compositions. There's nylon, um, leather, and Kydex, and then there's hybrids between those things. You can also get... Um, regular polymer the crossbreed holster i have is um plastic actually um i don't even think it's kydex although it might be um or it's actually innate tactical anyway um there's a lot of options there but we're just going to talk about the mechanics of inside and outside the waistband holsters um oh most people these days and this is not through exhaustive research. This is just having a lot, a lot of friends who concealed carry. Um, I am the only one of them, I believe, that ever carries outside the waistband, and I don't carry outside the waistband all that often. Um, inside the waistband is definitely preferred these days for a lot of reasons. Um, the primary reason, of course, is going to be increased concealability. Um, there are some pros and cons to both inside and outside the waistband holsters. Let's go ahead and go through those. Um, and we'll go ahead and do inside the waistband since I already kind of opened up that can of worms. So inside the baseband holsters, uh, pros, uh, the biggest one by far is increased concealability. Uh, If you're carrying inside the waistband, that means most of that stuff, uh, that firearm, that holster, is extremely closely affixed to your body and under your clothing off the bat, right? If you're going to concealed carry, you need to have it concealed in some form or fashion, and half the firearm or so is already behind your belt and your pants, Um, so you're, you're already a good way there. Right, you don't have to worry about long how long the barrel is, um, so it's not. Well, I mean, outside of printing, pretty badly. And printing, for those of you who don't know, is when you are concealing a firearm and it is abundantly clear to everyone around you that you're concealing a firearm. It's pressed <laughs> against your clothing, sticking out at a weird angle, that kind of thing. Anyway, that's the primary benefit of concealed carry with inside the waistband is an increased concealability, kind of a gimme, and extremely important. It's why it's so much more popular than um, than outside the waistband holster these days. 
uh, some of the stuff that you're giving up are going to be a lot of the pros of outside the waistband carry. Uh, the biggest one I can think of off the top of my head is comfortability. You can get some comfortable inside the waistband holsters. It is, however, objectively harder to have a comfortable inside the waistband holster than it is an outside the waistband holster. It's nothing against inside the waistband holsters. I have many of them, but they, when you design an inside the waistband holster, the first thing you're doing outside of, of course, making sure that the trigger is covered is trying to find a way to make that thing comfortable because you're sticking a foreign object as close to your body and away from clothing, which could be your buffer um, between yourself and a foreign object. You're just getting rid of all of those. Um, so you have to find a way to make it comfortable and work. Uh, as people are using more and more hammerless firearms, you have to worry less about the prospect of having a hammer stick into your side or your love handle if you're a little heavier. Um, but that's uh, one of the big ones for uh, inside the waistband holster in terms of cons. Uh, the other con is sometimes these things get really long and they print pretty badly. Printing is the other part. If you don't concealed carry inside the waistband holsters, correctly, you might as well be carrying it outside of all of your clothing. It's just very clear you have something pressed against your body, um, and you, you need to find the right holster to try to mitigate that. Um, now, even in this worst-case scenario where you're not concealed carrying, or you're not concealing the carry very well, um, and you're concealed carrying, it's very unlikely someone's going to go around looking to see if you're concealed carrying. I feel like people worry about that a lot. I would I would urge you strongly to worry about that just a little bit less um, and and focus on being able to conceal carry safely. So if you have something that's printing, maybe try to find a way to negate it in the future, but don't don't freak out, all right? Don't panic and do something strange uh, because you think you're printing. Um, all right, outside the waistband holsters, the issues are virtually reversed, right? Outside the waistband, is harder to conceal intrinsically, right? You have to find ways to get it to be as close to your body affixed as possible. Um, and you need to find a way to do it in a way that can replicate the inside the waistband holster, which is setting the bar for that. Um, you also lose out almost completely on the prospect of an appendix carry, which is becoming more and more popular. I still do not care for appendix carry, but so many people do and can do it effectively and more power to them. If you're carrying outside the waistband, appendix carry is a pipe dream. All right, not going to happen, um, almost certainly, unless you're at some sort of wizard. Um, but for all of that, and you can still conceal carry effectively. I have a Galco uh, 1911 Commander holster that I use uh, for my 1911 C3. And uh, it's outside the waistband. It's a classic leather holster, nice, good fit. Galco makes great products, people. Um, that if I put on a T-shirt and then I do kind of the, the Oxford or the button-up cotton uh, open or flannel open, decide to be, you know, copy flannel daddy there over at Grantham <laughs> and uh, uh, try to do that look, you can't conceal carry a firearm like that. It's just not as uh, effective necessarily as inside the waistband. You're, you are creating variables to increase your concealability where 
with an inside the waistband, it's already there. You still need to be careful about what you wear, obviously, right? You're someone like me that actually likes um, tighter clothing for pants and whatnot. I just find it's more comfortable when I'm hiking around and whatever. Um, Concealed carry is hard. You have to make some judgment calls on on how that's going to work best for you. All right. You've got that out of the way. But the big uh, plus to outside the waistband carry is going to be comfortability. When I put that Galco on um, and I put my handgun in it, it might as well not be there if you have the right belt, which we've talked about in earlier episodes. All right, go check out Kazoo Carry Belts if you haven't already. If you want the short version of it, go check out Hank's belt. That's a personal recommendation, not not an official SDI opinion, hashtag. And, uh, See if you can't find stuff. Some of the basics on Amazon work quite well. I have one or two from them that I've been very pleased with. Um, if you're carrying outside the waistband with a proper belt, you can make that thing feel like it's not there, and that's wonderful, uh, including spare mags, which is great. Um, something to keep in mind. So comfortability is the play for outside the waistband. Concealability is the play for inside the waistband. Um, if you are open carrying for whatever reason, um, and if you're in a state where concealed carry is permitted and, and easily attainable, and Lord knows there are some states where it's not, um, I cannot personally recommend concealed carry stronger to you. Um, I think it is just the way to go over open carry. Um, but if you're open carrying, then outside the waistband is kind of the obvious pick, right? Um, worth your time to get a solid holster you can even i mean you could get a kydex outside the waistband holster i don't know why i glossed over that but it would be very much worth your time to go pick out a really solid outside the waistband holster for yourself um if you can only purchase one holster and you're brand new to concealed carry uh inside the waistband is probably the way to go um if you carry inside the waistband you can eliminate a lot of the variables that would possibly lead to you compromising your concealed carry. Um, and while I think it is very doable to carry a outside the waistband holster and, uh, and conceal it just fine, you need to take precautions when doing so. And you kind of need to be paying attention to what you've got going on. And uh, you need to pick out your clothing carefully, yada, yada, yada. Um, and if you've only got one holster, then let's let's make sure it's versatile um if you if you're my grandfather um every single time i talk about this he says oh just carry outside the waistband and then wear a vest and i'm like am i gonna be wearing a vest every day yes you are (laughs) (laughs) that's the only scenario which what you propose makes any sense whatsoever um the man was in delta force but that was his his uh that was his contribution to my concealed carry holster choice. Just wear a vest all the time. And I actually really like that. But um, not in this case. Never understood the appeal of a poofy vest, which I think is what he was referring to. Um, anyway, that's a very short primer on outside versus inside the waistband. Uh, the summary is going to be outside the waistband is for comfortability, open carry, and concealed carry if you plan it out well. Inside the waistband... Um, is for concealed carry specifically. You can carry in more places on your body. Um, 
and it makes for an easier time if you are new to concealed carry especially. Um, so that is the very basic rundown of concealed carry uh, with outside and inside the waistband holsters. Drew, is there anything you want to add to that? Uh, not really. Um, nope. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, no. All right. Well, folks, I am uh, I'm hoping that that is, I know this is definitely a shorter primer. That's why we talked about a flash flood at the beginning there. Um, but we want, this is an important thing to talk about. So we wanted to have that conversation with you guys. If you have different opinions about either of those two, uh, outside or inside the waistband carry, please leave a comment just like we had for the SIG episode. And um, we would be happy to, as long as you're not, you know, a jerk in it, we'd love to share it with everyone. Uh, we value you guys' opinion so much. We're two people of a very large community here at the Gun Rack, all of whom have opinions worth weighing. So we'd love to hear from you. Marketing at SCI.edu or leave a comment on our social or on the YouTube. It's all up to you. But now let's get into a Tales from the Range. Drew, what do we have today? Yes, sir. We have another story from snipershide.com. This is from GB Maryland. I had 375 H&H that I had a GA Precision put a break on years ago. They weren't GA Precision at the time. One day, I'm getting ready to shoot another five rounds, and some dude walks up to me and asks if it's a 50 cal. I say, no, just a project rifle to see what, what it can do. So he hangs around and wants to see me shoot it. He goes so far as to get down on my level to watch me shoot. Uh, basically, he warns that there's going to be a large muzzle blast uh, and that he probably should move. The guy doesn't, and he actually gets annoyed when he suggests this, so I ignore him and start shooting. And what ended up happening ended up blowing the guy's toupee back. His toupee? Yes. Oh, that's glorious. That's like a uh, cartoon. It really is. <laughs> what a way to be exposed, though. But that's, that's a little bit what you get, though. Yeah. I can say that because nothing really bad happened to him. But I feel like he was asking for it a little bit. I think maybe. Do you think he wanted people to know he was wearing a toupee? Like that was his. He didn't have it in himself to tell these poor people he had a toupee. <laughs> and this was the only way he felt he could express himself. Yep. To a bunch of strangers. Signing up range. to a bunch of strangers. He had to let them know. And this is, he felt trapped. You know, his hair was a lie. That's the explanation I will accept. And I will brook no further argument. Or, you know, if it was an accident, could have just worn a hat. Could have just worn a hat. Could have just worn a hat. All right, folks. Thank you guys for listening to The Gun Rack. I know this is a lighter episode, and some of our episodes recently have been quite long. So thank you for hanging tight with this one. Uh, we will be back next week with more Drew's Clues, more Tales from the Range, and more content. But for now, that is The Gun Rack. Have fun out there, and we will see you at the range. Sonoran Desert Institute is an online school accredited by the DEAC. It is headquartered at 1555 West University Drive in Tempe, Arizona. For more information about how you can craft your firearms future, visit sdi.edu.